0: Welcome to Celestial Small Talk with Alice and CJ. Celestial Small Talk refers to the big ideas, profound revelations, and deep connections that are created in the briefest of encounters. It is often in these moments that an imperceptible shift in thought can bring about the biggest change, helping us to more fully embody our intuition. We strive to inspire, illuminate, question, provoke, and spark the unique constellation within.
1: Welcome back to Celestial Small Talk. This is our very last episode of the first season. Thank you so much for digging around and being on this journey with us. How are you feeling today, CJ? I
0: am feeling excited for this topic and ready for a little bit of a break I've got some other balls up in the air that I'm trying to juggle and this is something that I'm really grateful for um, but we're also looking forward to kind of revamping it in a way that's going to work better for both of us so I'm feeling I guess a little nostalgic for everything we've been through while at the same time being excited for the next iteration how are you feeling today?
1: I feel pretty good today. I am um, trying to be as productive as possible. I have a lot going on today. And I, I feel the same way. I can't believe it's been 12 weeks or more, 13 weeks, I think, because we took a, a break. So looking back at everything, I'm actually pretty proud of us for sticking it out and just doing it as we go and just listen to what our intuition tells us, you know. And I am also excited for a break. There are massive shifts happening in my life. So I am pulling back a lot on many, many things, including astrology. I'm taking a month break from all the forecasts and things and um, just actually live, you know, and experience my present life (laughs) and not the future or the past. And I'm very, very excited for this particular episode. I've watched this show well I finished watching the show whenever the finale dropped but I've just been itching to talk about it for so long I have so many things to say um so yeah that's I'm I can't wait to get started
0: So we kind of alluded to what we'd be talking about on a previous episode of Celestial Small Talk. And in the vein of thinking about this being our last time together for a couple of weeks, I did light a love candle and wanted to just start with a little bit of a breathing and centering so that way we can enter into this conversation with all the love that we have for ourselves, for each other, for our listeners, and then for all of the conversations and things that we have experienced. So find yourself in a comfortable seat, and if it feels comfortable, you can close your eyes, take a nice deep breath in, and exhale. So this love candle is representing the heart chakra, which is all about sensuality, emotions, and intuition. It gives us the ability to relate to others in an open and friendly way, moving towards a fulfilling emotional life. So let's embrace the love that we feel for ourselves, for those around us, and for the things that we're passionate about.
1: That was beautiful. So for anybody who's still wondering, our topic today is the show, the series Loki, on Disney Plus, um, and everything that comes with it, all the messages, all the metaphors, the metaphors in particular, is sort of how I think and perceive the world. A lot of times when I receive an, a piece of information, I tend to ask myself, how do I utilize this and apply it to real life? How, what can I learn from this? experience. A lot of times I can enjoy a creative piece, but many, many times I would always ask myself, what is the underlying message? What is something that I can take from this and move forward and transform? let myself be transformed by it? Um, so this show in particular has really made me think about how I perceive challenges how I perceive the world, how I perceive my time within myself, time within my head, and the truth, quote unquote truth, or facts that I'm presented with every day. So just a little bit of warning, there will be spoilers for the show in this particular episode, so make sure that you know, you watch it ahead of time, or if you don't care about spoilers, then listen on ahead.
0: Great. And I'm excited about this because you kind of wanted to come at this topic from a different lens. So while we've typically done some character analyses, this was a little harder because many of the characters are embodying the same person, which is Loki. And so you kind of talked a little bit about embracing yourself and seeing yourself from different angles. So just talk to us a little bit more about what you wanted to focus on.
1: So usually I would do a character analysis on just one character and mostly on the astrological traits and things like that for the character. In this particular episode, I want to talk about this series And the little gems that I find I found along the way, I feel like maybe this, this might sound crazy, but I feel like the show really spoke to me in so many things and in at the right time with the things that I was going through. And I really hope that's how we can proceed with life in general, you know, just take everything you see with a grain of salt and ask ourselves, how do we utilize this in the most effective way? moving forward, what can we learn from it? What are the lessons? Because things that are put in your path very easily can be little bits of lessons that the universe want to teach us.
0: Those are really great points because I think many people just watch shows for the entertainment value and I know you and I for sure, um, and and my partner who I watched the show with, we talked so much about what that meant for having all of these different variants of one character and how how the different Lokis that you meet along the way have sort of embodied different aspects of like self-awareness and uh, you know their personal journey and so i think it's just it's good advice for entertainment consumption is just you know take that one step further and see how could it maybe apply to your life and give you some sort of a lesson that you hadn't thought of before
1: yeah absolutely so the first so i kind of want to just go down with the different episodes i'm going to highlight things that i've noticed and appreciated about the show and just we'll just dive into and I'd love to hear what you have to say about these different things. So with the first episode it was glorious purpose and you know Loki is was like I am Loki of Oscar and I'm burdened with glorious purpose and it's like you know I was just wondering like has anyone else ever thought whether they were born with a purpose or are we just here to eat and dance and watch TV and uh, hang out?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I I would like to believe that everyone is here for a purpose. And that's actually part of the tarot poll that I'll share later about sort of embracing the uniqueness of each person and what they bring to the table. And Loki's glorious purpose is never fully outlined, if I'm if I'm correct in remembering that he states it he understands that this is something he's supposed to do and throughout the series you kind of get the sense that he thinks it's to take over the universe, but the TVA and sort of his path along the way has provided him with new direction.
1: Yeah, and I think that's sort of like how we are really, because we were born and as young kids, we were, you know, we would ask like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, we're all saying like doctors and, you know, like they're occupations, but they're not really technically your purpose. And along the way, we find ourselves and we discover what we like and what we don't and what fill our souls and then... Hopefully we listen to that and make decisions, you know, based on that and be okay with like our purposes changing and just adapt and says, you know what, I'm a more evolved version of myself today. And I used to think I need to be a teacher, but now I just need to be my full authentic self. Oh,
0: hey, you're talking about me over there. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, it, it's interesting that you brought up the, the question of like what you want to be when you grow up. I got to see two friends this weekend who I used to teach with, and one of them was talking about how she's feeling a little directionless at this point in her life. She's basically just holding on until retirement, which she's hoping to do by age 50, and when she was talking about what she would do afterwards, she was like, I never really had an answer to that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I always was just kind of like, I'll do whatever I do. She cited a recent graduate from the school where we used to teach who said, um, in answer to that question, like, I don't dream of labor and it feels like so much more than what you were just saying too Alice is that we don't necessarily dream of the perfect job like we're not thinking about how we want to spend our 9 to 5 and yet that consumes so much of our daily lives but we're so much more than that like i like i like answering the question like what do you do with something that's unexpected as opposed to just being like well you know i do this because that's not that's not fully representative of who we are Yeah, absolutely.
1: We are not just our job or we are not just who we are to other people like a, you know, a title of any kind. I think it's really important that we establish that, like, just take a moment today and think about, you know, besides all the labels that you are carrying, you know, as a mother, as a student, as, you know, a doctor, as a son, who are you beneath all of that? one of the quotes from the first episode really got to me and it made me think and it's you know by loki as well he believed that for nearly every living thing choice breeds shame and uncertainty and regret there's a fork in every road yet the wrong path always taken it took me a minute and i started wondering were the paths taken wrong you know like how do you define a path as wrong
0: I agree. I think that so many choices we make might not make sense in the moment, but then in hindsight, we look back and realize how it led us directly down the path to where we are. And ultimately, like there's no wrong path, right? Like no one has their life 100% figured out and no one can control the direction they go. And so every time you get to make a choice, as long as it's an authentic choice, it should be leading you down the correct path. But as we know from the episodes, like Loki goes through many fits and starts and takes lots of detours on his way to kind of self-actualization.
1: Yeah. And I feel like this quote in itself is really liberating from an outside perspective looking in because then you realize, wait a minute, you said. The wrong path always taken, but we are all pretty decent. We are where we are because of all the choices that we've made. And so I guess when you are faced with options and choices, yes, it go- it's going to trigger uncertainty and fear and possibly regrets, but know that there's not really any wrong choices. You just have to listen to the truest parts of your heart. What did you get out of episode two? Episode two was um a title the variant and it was it started talking more about the female Loki and you know painting her with this evil, chaotic coat. Of pain and, but I I love that it started to tap into more of the multiverse, you know, the different timeline and everything. I mean, Marvel Marvel has been doing this for a really long time, but I I guess this particular episode gets into more of like the you know the possibilities. We'll see more of it at towards the end of the series when you have like I don't remember like fifteen different variations of Loki um, in the same area. And it's sort of alluding to this idea of everyone, you know, who look working for the TVA are also variants. And it made me wonder what it meant to be a variant. According to TVA, variants are the people who have made a certain choice that could create a different timeline that's breaking away from the sacred timeline. And then I start, you know, like it's I'm always like applying it to myself. And, you know, I'm like wondering, could there be any point that I've made a decision that created a new timeline and I'm like a variant of someone else's timeline, if that makes sense?
0: I love that idea. I think that we all have thought about that at one point, like there is a version of us in another universe that is doing X. Or if we had decided to live in this apartment instead of that one, our life would be Y. And if we hadn't moved here, then we would have been just a completely different version of ourselves.
1: But then you do realize that particularly in in the Marvel Universe in this this particular series, it's talking about the worthiness of different variants. And there's only one worthy variant that's living on the sacred timeline. You know, obviously, Loki's variant died, you know, at that point. But there's this like, okay, so now should I put worthiness in all of these versions of myself? meaning, worthiness in all the choices that I've ever made, you know? Does that make sense? Because your choice creates a different variant. Your choice creates a
0: different timeline. So are you saying that we need to assign worth to all of the variants because they made those sacred choices that might be different than This, which we find out later about the sacred timeline. We won't get into it just yet, but like that has been determined by someone else based on their own Mm -hmm. future that they know. So you're saying that these variants that did exist should still be worthy because they've made choices?
1: Not necessarily. I only do it because I wonder if this variant, me, right now, is living the best version of herself, is making... Quote unquote, the best choices. And we don't really know if the choice is good until, you know, until later when you have the consequences, I guess. I don't know if, if that makes sense for you, but for me, it's like I constantly wonder, and this is like probably like self torturing. I constantly wonder if this is, if today, and I'm not doing this for like the past or anything like that. That's exhausting, but like today, All the choices I've made today is embracing the best version that I could be.
0: Definitely. And to answer your question, I think that it always is as long as you are making decisions that are in your highest and best good. So when you think about your past selves and you think about, you know, the trajectory that was still married and could still be married, or the trajectory that like kept with this line of work, um, but is no longer there, or the trajectory that left this friendship when it was no longer good for them, you can look back at that version of yourself and say, Well, hey, I did make those decisions that led me to here. So, if I feel like those decisions were in my highest and best, then of course I'm living the best version of of my life. And no one, there's no like bad or good, you know, it's completely subjective to your experience because some choice that you might make would be completely foreign to me because it isn't in my highest and best. But I don't have, I shouldn't have the ability to judge your choices based on my actions because i have i have a different life than you and it's just a matter of embracing it and saying it is what it is it isn't good or bad it just is
1: yeah radical acceptance right you know when i thought about these variants i was thinking like well who are variants you know if not the rebels the the people who just follow their intuition and make the bravest choices. And, you know, they, they're risk takers and they they dare to live and dream and love and fight for the, what they think is right and live wholeheartedly and not disregarding other people, but sort of like disregarding the status quo, disregarding things that were established that was supposedly good, you know, because things that are established Are also done by other people and
0: people are flawed by default so why not why not indeed and I know off air you and I talked a little bit about episode three about lamentus do you want to get a little into that
1: um lamentus is I think has a really interesting storyline the most significant things that came out of lamentus actually happened in the next episode the nexus event so in lamentus it was You were right. It it was a different pace. It was a different. I, I mean, they spent the whole episode of these characters fighting back and forth, and they're, you know, struggling to, struggling for power and control within, you know, themselves. And I think it also shows up in the journey to the mystery when he also encounter all these other versions of Loki's, and we can talk more about that in a little bit. But just this idea, and I think. For me, the way I took it was that you have these two very strong versions of you fighting for control and power, meaning you have a decision that was strongly supported from both sides, and you're struggling to decide. This is like how I would take like, okay, the two versions of the same person is sort of like the devil and the angel on the shoulders like trying to tell you like oh you should go with this option instead of that op- option options you should go with you know this approach instead of that approach and you could tell that they have very different ways of saying this of seeing the same situation and I thought that was interesting I, I thought that was just like a metaphor for you know your internal conflicts you know and it's sort of I mean if you if you feel like the episode was unnecessarily long or it was confusing it was I don't want to say a waste of your time but you know there's just a lot of back and forth that was just like oh can we get on with this already um I think it's actually pretty true with a lot of times with ourselves and our internal conflicts. And it is like, okay, can we, how do we, how do we get out of this? Because you both make sense and I don't know which way to go.
0: Yeah. And the whole interplay between the two Lokis in that episode, in hindsight, makes a lot of sense. Like you were mentioning that the next episode kind of touches on why we needed to spend that time with the male and female Lokis getting to know each other, because they're different versions of the same person, one of whom, you know, Sylvie is completely cut off, has lived her entire life, you know, going from apocalypse to apocalypse and trying to evade the TVA, whereas this other Loki has just newly kind of discovered what this world is and that this person has become so strong to be able to evade such a big power, he kind of wants to know why. You know, he keeps trying to bring her in and understand her and she keeps trying to put up blocks until the very end when they we sort of, you know, come to this understanding and, and agreement which causes this Nexus event, which I think you're going to talk about. I was
1: excited to talk about it because the Nexus event and nexus events are pretty much like branches off of the sacred timeline and this particular nexus event was so significant and you know even the characters in the show that says have you have you ever seen a branch like this you know because it's it, it's sort of uprooting everything that was supposed to happen, which actually at the end, we found out that it was supposed to happen. So I, I thought that was really neat how Mobius said that, you know, told Loki that you are such a narcissist to actually fall in love with yourself because, you know, the male Loki fell in love with sylvie which is the female version of loki but i was just thinking there's there's really nothing wrong with that there's like we i don't think we love ourselves enough
0: you know one of my favorite quotes was when i went and saw lizzo live as she opened for haim about six months before she really got famous and in the middle of her performance she goes you know so many people tell me i'm full of myself because i talk about how wonderful i am all the time and she's like but who the hell else am I supposed to be full of? <laughs> and I just <laughs> loved that quote. And I also think about the word full very deeply in that phrase, which is filling yourself up with all of the wonderful things that you are, which not enough of us do for ourselves. And we have been pretty programmed to view that as narcissistic of, mm-hmm. of talking about how wonderful we are and what we bring to the world, but. Ultimately, we're all unique miracles, and I'm going to talk about this later in my tarot reading, but that's, that is the message of this, which is that even if you've made a mistake off of this sacred timeline, like you still are a worthy individual who has created a life for themselves, and when you can embrace all of those parts of yourselves, then you're going to be even more wonderful. And if anyone else sees that as narcissistic and full of yourself, you can say, yes, I should be full of myself.
1: That's such a cool story, little side story that you share. I think we are so afraid to be labeled narcissists that we are, it's it's ridiculous. It's almost ridiculous for us to praise ourselves or talk positively about us. And if you notice most of the time, men tend to do a better job at talking about good things about themselves in a social setting. They are more comfortable identifying things that are positive about themselves. And women seem to have a harder time doing that. And I love the way that Loki and Sylvie bonded, and how she felt like the moment, the Nexus event happened was when he, he looked at her in the in the eyes and he said he he validated everything that she had been able to do she was like we're just destined to lose we're Loki like what if the thing that identify us as Lokis is the fact that we're destined to lose and he's like no we might lose but we survive and that's what you've done like you were a little girl and you survived so much and you you figured out how to like you're you're shaking this whole organization that's you know trying to keep time like you know you're amazing and that's when they had a connection and that you know spiked the nexus event and I think that it's such a thing that people don't do enough for themselves is just to sit down and says you know what yeah we might lose we might fail but we survive and we're badasses. We are amazing. Like the fact that we are alive today and we are able to laugh and smile and connect with others and hold this space right now is amazing. And we should acknowledge that every day.
0: It really felt in that moment like Loki was speaking to his inner child, which is what Sylvie embodied because she was taken when she was a child and has only ever known, you know, she talks about how she never had a friend and she's never, you know, had any sort of like intimate relations. And it's like, well, how could you when you're always like dodging apocalypse and, and eternal damnation? And I think that so many people who have wounded inner childs feel that way. Mm-hmm. children. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, plural. It It is, is really necessary for us to take the time to speak to that um, inner child in a way that is validating and saying, you are not what happened to you. You are not what you've experienced. You may not have had the right modeling or the right environment in which you could grow and flourish and still look what you've done. You've evaded all of these apocalypses. You've evaded the TVA and you are amazing. And it is really, really necessary for us to speak to ourselves like that daily.
1: Yeah, I made it a point to include in my journal every night to put in the successes and the prides, the things that I were able to do today that, you know, that, um, that I could pat myself on the back for and the things that I'm grateful for myself about. I try every day to make sure that I'm not being driven by fear or by the societal standards that don't technically make sense. And it's I'm well aware that I'm probably deviating from the sacred timeline, um, whatever my timeline is, but I think it's perfectly okay to not fall into, not try to check all these boxes that you think society is going to want you to check off. And it's okay to create your own boxes to check off.
0: That's huge. I remember like a point in my mid twenties where it just kind of hit me like lightning that I did not want to have children. And for my entire life prior to that, I had thought I would always get married and have kids because that was what was modeled. That was what was expected. And once I started reading about other women who had made this choice, I realized that even though that's considered, quote unquote, counterculture, it actually was one of the best decisions I've made for myself was to allow myself to focus on what I'm doing and not feel that I had to have a kid just to perpetuate my genes or whatever. And it's really illuminating when we get those opportunities to just question the status quo and question the norms that have been put on us And that is why those who deviate from those quote unquote norms are considered alternative or variants. Exactly. Right. Like if you think about people who don't feel like fit into the normal idea of like what a capitalist society wants, they're like, oh, those like hippie dippies who, you know, do their gig work and are doing like chakra healing and all of this stuff. Like, nah, they're the weirdos. And it's like, actually, (laughs) those might be the people who have like woken up from capitalism and are saying like, hey, that's not something I'd like to do. Or we've talked about the patriarchy before. And when any woman in a society decides to deviate from what that has been you know, deemed as normal, you're, you're kind of ostracized for not fitting into that mold. Um, and we really like people who deviate because it shows us that we're all human and that we're allowed to have choice.
1: Yeah. Um, and at the beginning of the show, you hear the sacred timeline. You're like, oh, that's you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's how you're, you know, that's the line that you're following, but it's also named by the people who were in charge. So the sacred timeline, just like many other strategically named things is only a vision of one or a few people in power. So make, they make, it seems like we are also not incredibly about powerful beings who can create our own reality because I want everybody to think, to have this perspective that everything set in place does not have to stay in place, that we have the power to, yeah, to create our own reality, to create our own timeline and live in our own timeline. And one of the things that I loved about this episode, one of the quotes was that the universe wants to break free, so it manifests chaos. This particular quote sort of normalizes chaos and sort of glorifies it a little bit as well. Like it's okay to have chaos. It's okay to have messes. When you create, you're going to have messes. Have you ever baked? Have you ever, you know, trying to paint? Dedicated piece of art, you're going to create messes. So if you want freedom, don't expect order.
0: And that's very apt for Loki, who is considered the god of mischief. And there's a whole big confrontation that he needs to go through with like why he does what he does and what is the purpose behind the chaos that he's essentially creating. And he sees a vision of his future in one of the earlier episodes of like how it just leads to him being killed by Thanos. And there are also times where he's confronting like that past love or romantic interest and he has to keep keep realizing like, this is, this is how I get out of this. Like I've done this countless times that I kind of need to be held accountable for what it is I've done that's, that's uh, caused harm to others. And it allows us to check in with ourselves and have our own reckonings to be like, am I just doing this for, you know, the sake of being a little shit or am I doing this because it is aligned with a greater purpose that is breaking from something that is no longer serving me
1: my favorite part of the series was my was the next episode the the journey into mystery and towards the end of the series you can see a lot more of what you're saying with like checking in with yourself when he had to and i'm I'm skipping an episode here, but like when he was having that conversation with Sylvie about taking the throne instead of killing he who remains we'll we'll just we'll just take on, take the throne and dictate time from there on. at that point, it wasn't because he wanted the throne, he just he wanted the throne because he wanted to prevent even more disasters happening with the possibility of so many of the other versions of He Who Remains popping up. So I think it is really, you know, it's important that, yes, it's okay to be rebellious. It's okay to take risks and create a little bit of a mess, but you have to do it with pure intentions. So my favorite part of the series was the... Journey to the Mystery episode. We learned so much about the timeline and what happens after you prune somebody in this particular episode. The part that I love about it was that the end of time has still been written. And I think that's something that we should probably really take to heart because. Many of us use divination and astrology and things to predict the future and to kind of gauge where we're going to be in the future. And yes, there's so much credibility in divination and in astrology, but don't view it as like it's already written. There are so many versions of the same event that can still happen. And so it's okay and it's healthy sometimes to step away from it and tell yourself that, you know what, I do have the creative power to shift this reality to what would be beneficial for me and for the collective. I think that I fell into that rabbit hole a little bit recently with a lot of my thought process and my decision-making has been based really strongly on astrology and what I have um, have been able to see with a uh, different planets and placements and I'm stepping away from that because I'm seeing that it's that particular way of thinking is not serving me at this time and I'm stepping away to kind of revamping my creative powers and remind myself that I have everything I need right here and right now and I don't need to worry too much about the future because it's still being written
0: Yeah, you talked to me about really feeling the need to be present in your own life, which I think is sort of the theme of this series, which is that every single moment determines the next moment, even though he who remains has an idea of what to do in order to control Versions of himself that have done terrible things in multiversal wars in the past. He recognized that the only way to keep it in control was to create one sacred timeline that is dictated by him. But it's not because it's in the best interest of every single person on that sacred timeline, which we find out once the TVA employees who got enchanted got a chance to see their previous lives or versions of their previous lives uh, before they were plucked to, to work at the TVA. You realize that even when someone else is in charge in a way that is trying to tell you that this is good for the collective. It doesn't mean that it's good for each person in the collective. Essentially eliminates the choice of the person in that sacred timeline to deviate. And I think that just bringing it back to the present moment and knowing that every single choice you make has an accumulative effect on your life and the lives of those around you. It's a reminder that when you stay present and you are working from that place of integrity and intuition, that you're going to make better choices moving forward that no one else has to dictate for you, whether it's he who remains or astrology.
1: It sort of brings it back to Loki realizing that he who remains is actually just another version of Loki, but but not like in that sense, but like at the beginning of the show he says for nearly every living thing choice breeds shame and uncertainty and regret and he remains sort of took that away because it's the same mentality it's the same philosophy there's a fork in every road then yet the wrong path always taken so i'm going to make the choices for you and i'm going to know what the right things to do would be which is not necessarily true so i think at this point loki sort of came to realization that oh no i i would be evil. If I, you know, if I take people's choices away, but I, you know what I realized, and I really love that we started this podcast with the first episode, find your spark. And what kind of come full circle with this, find your joy and find the path that fill your soul instead of falling into the monotonous life of doing repetitive work without meaning,
0: Yeah, this is really an invitation to wake up. I think that people who do the work, which I know you and I basically bonded over when we started uh, our friendship, was that we are constantly looking at ourselves and looking at our choices and influences in our lives that are good, bad, or otherwise, we have awoken ourselves to our own power, which is that we get to make those choices. And the society in which we live discourages that because it is in their best interest and by they I mean those in power who make the rules and people 400 years ago who made the rules for this country and people thousands of years ago who made the rules about you know gender and society and whatever it's in their best interest to keep us in line so that we keep producing and we keep kind of being cogs in the wheel as opposed to deviating from this sacred timeline and realizing that there is joy and abundance and fulfillment waiting for us outside of what is considered the the norm.
1: I have one final thought before we get into the tarot reading and it was the fact that Loki woke up in the void which is the place beyond time. And he woke up among versions of himself and they were fighting for power and control. And then at one point they realized that the best thing to do was to work together. Instead of fighting with yourself, figure out your strengths in different areas and patch it together and create your own reality based, you know, based on all of those things, like what you value, what you are good at, what you see, the different perspectives that you could pull from being different versions of yourselves. What do we do with it? We, we, we create, you know, create your own reality, with just your choices and I think that also is really helpful for those who we've talked about alone time before on the podcast and like what do we do with our alone time and this could be one of the things that you can do is we take stock and take inventory of what we have what's your current reality what you want to happen What your strengths are, your areas of improvement would be and your values and the people that you have, the resources you have access to, all of those things and feel it out and put it together like a like a collage and make that your new reality. You don't have to live based on anyone else's.
0: That was beautiful. Thank you for sort of summing up, I think, a really poignant part of the show, which actually leads perfectly into the tarot reading. So I pulled a couple of cards thinking about the ideas of loving and finding yourself, which is essentially the journey of the series of Loki, embracing our shadow. So recognizing that there are parts of ourselves that might be hard to stomach, They are parts of ourselves that we still need to embrace. I already mentioned being full of oneself and understanding who we believe ourselves to be versus other people showing us who they believe us to be. So I got four cards out using the Modern Witch Tarot. And the first card that came out was the Three of Cups. And the imagery is beautiful. It's three figures who look like they're dancing in a field with mountains in the background, and they are raising three glasses in the air, toasting. It really felt like a celebration of the ego, the subconscious, and the unconscious, just bringing them all together. They remind us that all parts of ourselves are worthy of being celebrated and loved, especially the ones that are deemed too much or too weird by whatever society standards are. Those parts make up who we understand ourselves to be and life is too short to wish to be someone else. I believe and I know that we are each one of us a unique miracle and should be raised up and loved. The next card that came out was the Page of Swords, and it felt like a reclamation, a statement. It could be tentative because we're all starting out on this journey at different points, but the statement is, I am here, and I am wonderful, and no one else gets to tear my voice, my thoughts, or my experiences from me. Pages tend to be dreamers, those who envision how they want To portray themselves and the suit of swords give us the sense of defending our authentic selves from those who try to tell us otherwise the last two cards that came out together were the ace of cups and the page of pentacles so we got all four suits represented as well as two pages and the fact that we have two pages kind of leads me to believe that we're all sort of on this dreaming journey we're taking that first sacred step towards reclaiming who we are So these two cards together, I'm going to talk about pretty much at once, but then separate them a little bit. So at our core, we are emotional creatures whose worldviews are shaped by what we've been told about ourselves from ages zero to seven. This is that inner child that we mentioned before. That person wants to be seen, heard, and valued for all the contributions that they add to the world. An ace signifies a sacred start, and cups generally represent emotions. So when you think about that inner child who is innocent, who is just longing to be loved and supported and told that they are a valuable creature, that is sort of where we need to tap back into and find that emotion and that sacred start. The other page, since this is in the suit of pentacles, they're really a Dreaming of abundance and stability. And I think these two cards together are kind of the invitation to tap back into using our emotional nature to understand and separate our wounded inner child from the person who has amassed this wealth of evidence that we are way more than what anyone else perceives us to be. And we're way more than we probably recognize for ourselves, too. So sometimes it is really necessary to have someone show you. To yourself, but it's also important that you take that with a grain of salt, recognizing that they only project a certain perception of you as well. Our strength lies in marrying these two ideas. So if we tap back into our intuition and reconnect with all that we are. We can grieve the parts that were lost because of this inner child who maybe hasn't been tended to. And so we can grieve the loss of opportunities and growth up until this point. But from this point on, we get to move forward with who we believe ourselves to be, which is our truth. And that is the only one that matters.
1: Wow, that was beautiful. You did such a good job with explaining that and the words you've used. I loved how you put it together. I love that there were two pages that came out because that's literally what I was going to say next. You know how the show and the philosophy of the show sort of reminded me of the song, "Addition" from La La Land. If you haven't listen to it if you don't know what I'm talking about I would highly encourage you to look at the lyrics and even listen to the the song itself the wording is so beautiful you know it was just it celebrates the people who take chances the people who dream and follow their heart and are brave enough to ignore the the status quo and just lived life to the fullest I just I really appreciate those people. And that's, I mean, we can just segue into what I'm grateful for, because that's really where I'm going with this is that I'm just so thankful for the endless inspirations around me the people that I get to encounter every day, especially the ones in the spiritual community and the ones in the comedy community, they are the ones who leap without looking, who tumble onto living. And I love one of the the quotes from the song was the, the fools who dream. I am grateful for us as messmakers and deep lovers and the wholehearted souls who carry a flame no matter what, the people who say that they would do it all over again. That's such a brave thing to say. And I'm constantly inspired and encouraged and empowered by all of your examples. And I'm deeply, deeply grateful for that.
0: Oh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I haven't prepared anything nearly as beautiful. Um, But definitely I am grateful for every opportunity to grow and learn more about myself so I can show up authentically to others. And part of my mission in my life is to guide people back to themselves in sort of separating ourselves from who we've been told we are, is getting to reclaim that definition for ourselves and I'm grateful for people who are willing to do that work because it's really terrifying. And on the outside, some people don't know what you're doing. They think you might be going through a midlife crisis or you're running away from your problems or you're just going a little wild for a while. And I think that's where the magic lies. I think when you give yourself permission and you embody the courage to chase whatever the biggest thing in your heart is, you are going to be a happier, more fulfilled individual. And then when you turn that around and bring it to those around you, you're doing everyone a service by showing up as that authentic person. And so I'm grateful for the people who I've met, who have embodied that, who have inspired me to do that. and. On the flip side, I am grateful for the opportunities to do that for those around me and for um, those who I will hopefully be able to do that for professionally.
1: Great. I am sort of sad that this is our last episode for this season. I have enjoyed so much talking to you and to share our different ideas and I can't wait to see what the next season would look like because we're going to do some some different things next season.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. I think that as we evolve, the podcast needs to evolve with us and giving ourselves the time to envision what that's going to look like. So it's, it's more in alignment with what we believe the purpose of this podcast to be, it can only get better. So we encourage those of you who have been loyal listeners from the beginning to let us know. Um, You've got all of our contact information to be able to tell us what parts of the episodes um, resonate with you, which parts we might be able to modify. So that way we're not just working from within our own brains, but we are also taking into account those of you who have been supporting us.
1: Thank you so much for listening, everybody,
0: and we'll see you soon. This week's tangible takeaways. Have you always believed you're not an artist, can't pull off that look, or have to accomplish something by a certain age? Stop for a moment and think about these thoughts. Was this something you were told at some point in your life and just started believing Did someone model this behavior and you haven't really questioned it? This is your invitation to wake up to who you are independent of who others perceive you to be. If nothing else, this podcast's goal is to help you develop your ability to pause and make decisions from your inner compass rather than an external factor. As far as we know, this is our only sacred timeline and he who remains isn't making the TVA prune our variants. So go out there as the most sacred version of yourself and bring your light to the world. Have you ever felt like someone just showed
1: up, erased your reality and took you prisoner of theirs? If you were to meet the different variants of yourself, Which do you think would remain the common values? Are the choices you're making every day serving your values or someone else's? If you were to embody the truest and most beautiful version of yourself, would it be everything you're experiencing right now? Remember that the end of time is still being written and you are just as powerful as the next person at creating your own timeline and reality as long as you hold sacred your truest form and truest purpose, which simply means being as authentic, courageous, and present as possible with your choices and actions. Embrace uncertainty, failures, and chaos as parts of the truest form of life and parts of the recipe for freedom. The weekly forecast for Monday, August 2nd through Sunday, August 8th. Monday, August 2nd. Our desire to express ourselves today will be challenged and halted by judgement or social obligations and responsibilities. Our emotions will be over the top and our actions will be emotionally charged. Consider your words carefully and don't let any throwaway lines get to your ego. Consider the lessons you can learn from today's conflicts and remember to have courage and be kind. Tuesday August 3rd Our sense of commitment will come a little more easily today. There will be unexpected opportunities for romance, pleasures, and plenty of chances to connect, feel empowered, and experience positive social interactions. Toward the evening, there might be shocking news or impulsive words spoken. It might be a good night to turn in early. Wednesday, August 4th. Early in the morning, confusion is afoot. We might wake up feeling disoriented and fatigued. The energy that we experience might trigger paranoia and anxiety, but please know that it is only temporary and that mood will soon be more lifted, optimistic and joyful in the afternoon into the evening. Thursday August 5th. There might be strong urges to put feelings into actions or to commit to something serious in the morning. If you notice any self-judgment coming up, make sure to tell your inner critics that you are enough and worthy despite your level of productivity or how many goals you have accomplished. We are not meant to produce all the time. Toward the evening, there will be opportunities to enjoy spontaneity, novelty and to experience some emotional breakthrough. Friday, August 6th, we will be offered opportunities to receive compassion and gratification early in the day that will transform into even more inspirations for creativity, vision mapping, and heightened spirituality. Before sunset, expect emotions to deepen and transformative questions to arise. Don't let your imagination go too far and refrain from making any rash decisions. Saturday, August 7th, We will wake up with enhanced awareness of the endless possibilities of the universe. This is a great day to create a healthy balance between committing to your long-term goals and engaging in productive self-care. There might be confusing information being presented, so it is important to clarify and do your due diligence before acting or reacting. Sunday, August 8th. Happy New Moon in Leo! This marks a wonderful new beginning of recognition, achievement, progress, creativity, and possibly even success in the area of life that Leo rules in your chart. You might feel the urge to break free from old patterns and rebel against the status quo. Set your intention for a new reality in which you are at the center of overflowing abundance and love. After all, you deserve that much. If you're interested in daily transit interpretations, guidance on your astrological chart, or practical coaching on manifestation, you can find me on Instagram at truth.told.early or TikTok at truthtoldearly.
0: Thank you for listening to Season 1 of Celestial Small Talk. We are really excited to hear your feedback about how we can improve Season 2. Please get in touch with us at celestialsmalltalk at gmail.com, on Instagram at celestialsmalltalk, and on YouTube under celestialsmalltalk. After you've listened, liked, reviewed, and shared, please give us feedback so that we are able to grow, learn, and love. We look forward to bringing you back a better version of Celestial Small Talk in a few weeks.